0: this is Sean Williams, the host of the Shark Attack and Variety Bytes and the owner of the Sean Williams Podcast Network. I'm hoping you guys are loving what you hear. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing from the show, make sure that you can make sure that if you feel like it, you donate to help keep this rev- revolution going. Just there's no real set amount, no minimum, no maximum, just whatever you feel like donating to help keep the show going. And I wanted to take this opportunity to also mention that this show also now has a voice message system. So you can actually leave voice messages for, with your comments, your questions, anything that you want me to cover on either the Shark Attack or on Variety Bites. If you want to leave your thoughts or questions about wrestling, make sure that you mention that, that it's for the attack. And if you got something that you want me to talk about in sports or in entertainment, make sure you mention that it's for Variety Bites. And I promise the link for the voice message will be provided in the episode description at the end end of this show. So guys, make sure make sure you donate if you like what you hear and of course, make your voice heard and leave your some leave your voice message on on this show and cuz I guarantee you it will make it a good one, make it count, because I will also have it played on the air. So make your voices heard, people, and help keep this revolution going. What is up, people? This is the Shark Attack.
1: I am yours truly, Sean Williams, joined once again by the Sergeant in Arms himself, Mr. J.P. Mayor. J.P., we only—I know we got only a short window to really cover what we. What went down but you know what going kind of freestyle format tonight but before we get into anything i know you i know how you wanted to start it off but i just got to say about raw real quick what the hell did we just see Because he didn't exactly align with them, but they didn't attack him either. Exactly. And is it me, or have has AOP actually gotten a little better? They were gone for a while, so definitely, definitely got better. Yeah. Now, we got plenty to say about WWE and NXT, people, but... JP, you had talked to me about a topic that you definitely wanted to discuss, and I got my own feelings about it, but start it up up for everybody else here, so, JP, go to town.
2: So, for those of y'all who aren't on Twitter, it was made public knowledge over last couple days by BJ Whitmer, who is the husband of current women of honor champion Kelly Klein, that she has in fact been let go. So she Kelly voiced her opinion after Joey Mercury um got let go of the company and Said some things about the company, things that they were doing wrong, and Kelly basically agreed with them. So they're saying, yeah, we're not going to renew your contract and whatnot. So basically saying, you're done with the company. The Women of Honor division was centered around Kelly Klein. And now you all do this. Like, who are you, you going to put the belt back on, Angelina Love? Like, mean, it's a slap in the face because Kelly Clance has been there before the stupid women, women of honor division.
1: And, and <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, they fired her while she is was still their champion. Still their champion.
2: She's out with a
1: concussion. Pretty sure there's legal ground there somewhere. I mean, on her end, that she could go after them legally. Probably. But, you know, and, of course, it didn't take long for the article to, for everything that everything that she was talking about and that jo- Joey Mercury was talking about with Ring of Honor Newsweek breaks out a story that pretty much dissected Ring of Honor and let me correct let me clarify something for everybody this is not a Dave Meltzer Wade Keller written article no this is freaking Newsweek it's a nationally public publicized news magazine my thoughts to Ring, regarding Ring of Honor. Well, a couple. First off, over the last year or so, I've fallen out of out of out of sort. Well, kind of fallen out of grace with Ring of Honor. In that, I I just don't follow it like I used to. When I first watched it, that was I was seeing it when it was just ripe with talent. You had guys like Kevin Steen, El Generico, Dan Brian Danielson, Tyler Black, Austin Aries, the list goes on. Now I just feel like it has been it is a, a roster that has just been depleted. And the last time where that roster felt even slightly close to Rich was when you had was when you had the bullet club in the mix. And you had Cody Rhodes and you and the Young Bucks. Now you don't have anything. I mean, all due respect, I'm not saying this is a way to rip on Matt Taven, but the second that you put hit the belt on him and took it away from Jay Lethal, I think and you didn't put the belt on Marty Skrull, that, to me, was a sign that everything was going completely to hell. And now with the story that's broken out and with the way Joey Mercury was hand- handled and the way the the disservice they did to Kelly Klein, I don't see any way Ring of Honor survives this. Yeah, I know. I've said this about Impact dozens of times. But you know what? I never thought I would see the day where Impact would actually seem in much better shape than Ring of Honor by comparison, because a scandal like this is not going to go away, and I don't know if how much mo- I don't know if there is damage control in existence that will make this go away for Ring of Honor.
2: You know, and like you, I was following Ring of Honor from way. When- HD net. So I was able to watch them there. So I'm going back to when the TV title first debuted. To the American Wolves, to Dark City Fight Club, to the Embassy. Like I'm
1: OG. Oh, I actually I to correct I actually started watching Ring of Honor when they were on HD Net, just like you. The first match I ever watched was Tyler Black. Versus Jimmy Jacobs in the main event.
2: So, we've been watching for a while. Correct. And we've seen good, we've seen bad. Now, this is definitely a dark spot. And, like you, for years I've said Iceberg dead ahead with TNA. But, let me tell you something. Ever since Anthem purchased TNA. They have done a 180. They are now a well-respected company. And in my opinion, they're the number three company in the world.
1: I'd go with that.
2: Like. Such they have an awesome roster. Like, you got your
1: world champion as Sammy Callahan, your number one contender as a woman who can beat up most of the guys. Which, by the way, the congr- mad props to Tessa Blanchard for becoming the number one contender. And <laughs> she's and she most definitely now has a date with Destiny and Immortality. the first
2: ever woman to challenge for the X Division title, she'll now be the first ever woman to challenge for the world title.
1: And my thoughts to Impact? Pull the damn trigger. Let, it, let her win. They, they put themselves in a position, she has to win. I mean, look, I don't... I mean, how long will they let her have the belt if she wins? That don't matter. She the, the fact that you'll have a woman as the world champion of your company, it'll draw an internet buzz. And for impact business-wise, that's an opportunity you... That's something you can't a- afford to really ignore. Yeah. So they need to do this. But yeah, they have a better roster. Yeah, they've lost some... Talents that they really shouldn't have lost, but you haven't, you don't see any kind of scandal like what Ring of Honor's got right now hitting impact. Exactly. In fact, if anything, the only thing that was ever damaging to that company was Dixie Carter. Well, in retrospect, that was, you can kind of, mo- majority of that, you can kind of blame on TNA and Dixie Carter for throwing their money towards Hogan. And if you look li- from what I've listened to on Eric Bischoff's podcast, he didn't even want to go. He did it as a favor to Hogan because Hogan wanted somebody he actually trusted if Bischoff alone was offered the position, he wouldn't have taken it. Yeah. So I found that, I mean, yet yeah, while as damaging as that was, really that, you, the blame on that one goes to TNA invest, throwing their money around towards something that they shouldn't have, as opposed to putting it towards the talent that they have. Agreed. Okay. But... Again, you didn't. You don't see any kind of scandal like talking about safety risks or anything like that. You don't see none of that happening with Impact. And as much as we criticize WWE, you don't see anything like that with them right now. Nope. So right now, you make Ring of Honor right just looks like a glorified indie promotion and like a glor. And by, I mean, a really, really bad indie promotion. Like, think of the most run-down, like... The most run-down one you could think of. That's basically what Ring of Honor is looking like right now. Yeah. And BJ Whitmer, I've had the privilege of interviewing him uh, in the old days, and... Definitely stand-up guy, and I, and somebody I respect.
2: Yeah, much love to B.J. Whitmer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember interviewing him before the pile driver incident with Mike Bennett happened, and you recall I felt a huge amount of guilt over that, and he actually DM'd me on Twitter telling me that, hey, yeah, there's no reason for me to feel any guilt over that. That he, because I told him I felt like I jinxed him with, and he goes, "Hey, this is not on you." I remember that. I I so I have I have the utmost respect for that guy to this day for for that. He could he didn't have to say nothing to me, but the fact that he did, that to me was huge. Yeah. But yeah, I just don't see any way that Ring of Honor can recover from this. that um, B.J. Whitman no longer works for for Ring of Honor. I would imagine so. Because, I mean, if it's between that company or his wife, he's the kind of guy, he's going to stand by his wife. Yeah. And rightfully so. As he should. Exactly. And, you know... One of the things that was keeping Ring of Honor afloat was the deal with New Japan. Since New Japan is kind of st- establishing themselves as of late, makes you wonder what use do they really have for Ring of Honor anymore? They don't, especially since now New Japan's going to have a U.S. base as well. <clears throat> That's my point. They're already working hard to establish themselves. So if they do that, then Ring of Honor is pretty much of no use to them and the second that that happens and they just decide to cut bait and work on themselves then i don't see i really don't see how ring of honor stays afloat without that good question i mean the very least i kind of and you and i talked about this i just i feel like what we're we could end up seeing is that the present owners are probably going to end up Stepping down or just selling. I mean, we get... We... I mean... There's a lot of possibilities of what could happen here. And not one of them is really good for Ring of Honor. Yeah, no. But, you know, let's talk about some of the good stuff that took place with... Um, in wrestling. Now... Of course, war games, which let's be honest, I mean, takeover itself, which never dis- doesn't seem to ever disappoint. Takeover war games never seems to. Yeah. Now, the the heel turn with uh, Dakota Kai, you and I both so- kind of saw that coming a mile away. Oh yeah. But still, it was pretty awesome, and the fact that Team Rhea. Team Rhea still wins with just her and Candice LeRae. Makes me feel like WWE's got some plans in motion for both of those two. Oh, yeah. Not only did Rhea
2: and Candice win on Saturday, they also won on Sunday. Yep.
1: As, you know, all the talk about the women's division for Raw and SmackDown... Didn't stop well didn't stop them from losing to to um to Team NXT because Yoshirai, Candice LeRae, and Rhea Ripley stood tall for their team.
2: And on a side note, Io Shirai is absolutely insane.
1: Oh, that girl's nuts. But um also, um of course we saw Adam Cole and Pete Dunn just, just light up the place with their match, which you knew those two were never going to disappoint. Yeah. And we saw, even though he didn't win for his team, Keith Lee got something that was probably, according to reports, something more valuable than a belt. Vince's attention. Yes. And reportedly, he sees... he. He is now very pro Keith Lee and there's even talk that we could end up seeing him within a few months on one of the two rosters.
2: That would be, that would definitely be interesting.
1: And you know, could you imagine if it was him and Brock? I mean, that would just be that'd be nuts. But um, so for a brief shining moment, I almost thought Rey Mysterio might have had a chance at Survivor Series. But not only does he not win. We basically see that WWE is perfectly okay with giving giving him a runner up consolation prize. And expecting us to think it's a big deal that he won. Well, technically he didn't win it. Um Randy Orton won it for him. True. But um But I'll tell you the proudest moment for me with the with the pay-per-view. Was Roderick Strong getting the win over AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura? Well, that was a good
2: match. Like, I thought Rodney could have done more.
1: Perhaps, but the fact that he was the one that got the rub and the win. That, that to me was just huge because of all the guys we talked about in the past with Ring of Honor and its glory days that one of the biggest one, I mean one one guy who I was definitely a huge fan of was Roderick Strong.
2: Okay, so I, I got a little trivia for you. Yeah. When Impact, when TNA debuted on Spike TV. Mhm. What was the opening contest? Oof.
1: It's been so long. I don't know what the contest was, but I'm guessing Roddy was part of it.
2: It was AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong.
0: Interesting. When AJ made his return back to Ring of
1: Honor, who was his hand-picked opponent? Now that, I remember, it was Roderick Strong. Yes. But um, but the fact that he got the rub and really, from a business standpoint, it was the right call. I mean, just because, look, AJ and Nakamura, they're already established. There was no reason for, for them to win. That was about making, creating a buzz and making Roddy Strong a star. And... <laughs> Of course, NXT ended up getting the win. And again, here, once again, that's the better call business-wise. Because, and here's the reason why. You want to set aside the people that have watched NXT from the get-go and remain loyal to it. You, this new audience that is now being introduced to NXT, thanks to the Invasion Angle, you want to have them pick NXT over AEW. And do you really think it's going to draw as much attention when you have when you have if they didn't win and basically people would just look at they they're expecting us to tune into the runner-up brand that didn't win? I think not. Cuz right but instead right now what you've got what you've got is the the so-called developmental brand beat the flagship show and Fox's new purchase that will draw more attention than if they lost so from a business standpoint this was the right call Yeah, agreed. And speaking of AEW, I gotta say this. Dynamite Diamond Ring. I'm starting to seriously question AEW right now. I know that these things take time, they're new, and all that all that stuff. But instead of creating these Newfound prizes. And expecting us to think that this dynamite diamond ring is going to mean something. What you should be focused on is starting to actually develop stories. Starting to actually develop characters. And also, if you really think any of us are believing that Scorpio Sky is going to beat Chris Jericho for the world title... You're kidding yourself. Which is the other problem. You don't have any challengers for your world champion. You're not even starting any story for somebody to challenge said champion.
2: Um... Let me stop you right there on that one. I thought last week was a perfect setup for Sky versus Jericho. And... Is Chris Jericho going to retain against Scorpio Sky? Probably. But you want Jericho to get give the title some credibility. He's the first champion. Let him run with it until they deem Jon Moxley worthy to take the title. I like that Cody did not win the title because technically he's in an executive role. Just like I didn't like the young buck, I like the young bucks not winning the tag titles. Like let them, let them not use their Kevin Nashness to put themselves over. They're used like MJF is now the number one King Dick in AEW. And now he's about to enter a feud with Cody Rhodes. That's that's gonna elevate MJF. You you see guys like the Private <coughs> Party who just scored a victory over um, Santana and Ortiz last week. Like, I think I think they've been doing a good job personally. But again, that's just my opinion.
1: You know, I just feel like, for the most part, the matches that they're throwing in, like, there's no substance, there's no story behind it. It's just like, here it is, take it, and good luck.
2: Problem is, they have too big of a roster. That's also why they do the um, AEW dark shows.
1: The other thing also is that you can't have, look, Chris Jericho is not going to be the long-term champion. I think we can both, I think we both know this. And while, yeah, he's champion right now because they don't have anybody that at the moment is ready to take the belt. But, at the same time, look, you have to, I just... I feel like they need to start prepping a solution for somebody that will be the long-term solution for champion. Because Chris Jericho is not holding that belt forever. No, absolutely not. I mean, sometimes he's wrestling guys and is able to keep up. But other times, like... That last, the last time I saw him wrestle Kenny Omega, he looked like he couldn't keep up. I mean, look, the reality is he's older. He's older, he's not as fast, and a lot of the guys on that roster are faster and younger than he is. So at some point, they're going to have to figure something out you have him with the belt because he's a known name but at some point you have to show that this is about giving the young the younger generation the chance that they're not getting elsewhere and they're all like
2: with like in Joey Genoa's case he does his yearly spring break show, which they are allowing him to do again this year. Right. Or next year, I
1: should say. Right. Like,
2: I'm guessing it's more creative freedom for them.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I, especially, I mean, Last week, they lost in the ratings, given it's only one show, but NXT is gaining momentum now because. And there's no reason to believe, to not believe, that the exposure they've gained through the invasion angle and they're coming out on top at Survivor Series, there's no reason to believe that. They, they don't have momentum in their favor.
2: Yeah, but also in the same sense, last, with last week's NXT, everybody and their grandmother was there.
1: Right. But, um, circling back to NXT and regarding the team selection that we got for, um, for... Team NXT for the men's team. Were you satisfied with who they did pick? And if not, who would you what would you have done differently? Okay, for
2: the men, I would not have put Walter in there. I would have put Dominic Dajakovic.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure having his first loss or first pinfall take place at Survivor Series was really the right call. Exactly. It it should have been something in a singles match. But now, now you have Drew McIntyre with a win over him. Not, which for the record, I have no issue with Drew McIntyre getting that kind of rub. Agreed. Just as I got that little hint of thinking, maybe we would actually see a, a solid singles push for Drew McIntyre. But we didn't get that. It,
2: um, for the, this, the women's team, it was... I had no issues with the women's team. Yeah,
1: I, I only asked about the men's team. I had no problem no, with the women's team. No. But, um, the men's team was Ciampa, uh,
0: Lee, Bro, Walter,
2: Walter and Priest. And Priest. Yeah, my... I would have put Dij-
1: Dijakovic in there. Yeah, ag- agreed. I don't... Look, I like Walter. I just don't... I wouldn't have put him on there. No, it's just... It's
2: what you call... One of these things is not like the other. And one of these things is not like the rest.
1: Yeah. But, um, you know, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine. Talking about... Because... Um, I'm not going to drop his name, I'm just going to say that he and I have a difference of opinion about Adam Cole. Day-day. He, right. He doesn't think, he thinks, he doesn't see anything that stands out with Adam Cole. Okay, so here, let me counter that with a question. Is your friend on drugs? I know, trust me, I already said to him, do you keep your head up your ass for the warmth
2: NXT universe in the palm of his hands. All he has to do is do his pointy thing and <coughs> they go boom.
1: Yep. And then he raises his hands in the air and they all yell Adam Cole, day. Top that off, but he's already proven he's definitely more over than either Daniel Bryan or Seth Rollins. N-
2: and not to mention... He is a heel, yes, but he does not cheat.
1: Yeah, he's beat. He's beaten plenty of guys on his own. Case in point: Sunday at Survivor Series,
2: he defeated Pete Dunne by on his own mm-hmm. with one hell of a reversal to the bitter end. Yeah,
1: to the last shot. After he had already gotten taken down by the bitter end, but kicked out.
2: Like, I watched down like, holy shit.
1: That was hands down the match of the night to me. Yeah. Now, I've heard a lot of complaints with the women's match saying that shouldn't have closed the show. I had no issue with the match. Should it have closed the show? Hmm, maybe not. But it's only because of the fact that, look at every other match that took place on that. And you know, I think back to a couple of months ago when it was Shayna Baszler versus Mia Yim. It was not that it was a bad match. It's just, you compare it to the matches that took place prior to that. Yeah. And the Octane just wasn't there.
2: Truthfully, I would have put that as the co-main and put Mysterio Lesnar as the main.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Oh, uh, the other only other criticism I have, stop with the damn lighting for the Fiends matches. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely I both on the same page. I hate that. I didn't like it when they did that crap with Sin I don't like it now.
2: Yeah, but at least with Sin it was a lighter color.
1: Yeah. It's distracting, though. But, um... Yeah, that definitely needs to go. And speaking of things that need to go... All I can say about... The Lana, Rusev, Bobby Lashley angle. To quote the old Eek the Cat cartoon, when does the hurting stop?
2: I refuse to talk about this.
1: Oh, that's all I'm saying is that this this angle needs to be, needs to die, be buried, and the grave set aflame. And, I mean, looking at all I could say for Lana, is it too late to pink slip her?
2: Yeah, my girlfriend hates Lana, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then her interview, she's slipping in and out of the Russian accent. It's like, make yes. up your mind. Either do it or don't. And if you're not doing it, then don't even bother with the other one. And I'm once again I'm seeing just so m- all the potential in Bobby Lashley and it's being wasted. I never thought I would see the day where Leo Rush having Bobby Lashley bend over to show his butt would be an upgrade compared to this. I mean, come on. Was that really much worse than this? I mean, can you honestly tell me that this is work, or that that crap with Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley was worse than this?
2: Uh, Like, the whole bending over, like, that, that was dumb. But this is just... Don't even get me started.
0: this
1: That stuff was dumb. This is painful. I think we could both attest to that, that this is just painful and beyond all recognition. But, um... I mean... <clears throat> let's... I mean, let's face it. The crowd... Cir- circling back to raw, the to raw the crowd is definitely hating Seth Rollins Oh yeah I mean there is nothing they can do that'll actually get get the crowd back back in favor with him I mean that opening segment didn't help like kind of acknowledging the whole, what the CM Punk chance that didn't help. And you know that's the other thing I wanted. I forgot that I wanted to discuss with you is that it's been a week since CM Punk made his return on WWE backstage. Where do you rank it thus far?
2: some interesting points he did and you heard it here first WWE return incoming it will happen it might not be a it might not be full time
1: oh I can guarantee you if he does come back it's not going to be full time issue with that if that if it's that match and yeah I'm not asking him to come back full time if he does one more match I'm good with that yeah but thus far I like what I've seen with uh him on WWE backstage I like I feel like he's not hold he's not pulling any punches he's not holding back I like what he said when, when asked what what does he recommend for Seth Roll- for Seth Rollins. He said, "Stay off Twitter." Yeah, no, he's right. Yeah, every every time where Seth Rollins gets involved on Twitter, it does nothing but harm for him. And for for anyone that's wondering. Why, what went wrong with Seth Rollins as a face? It's plain and simple. He beat Brock Lesnar. But as a champion, he didn't have any competition. Nope. He had one match against AJ. He had one match against Braun. He had, what, two or three matches against Baron Corbin. Three too many, in my opinion. Yep. And they all ended the same way. With him hitting the stupid curb stomp several times. Which just. It may. The problem is that it makes his finish. It dilutes his finisher when he does it multiple times like that. Um, how about in, hell in a
2: cell when. Oh, Lord. He hit it like 11
1: times. Mm hmm. And that was the other mistake WWE made, is that you put him against somebody who's already more... who's definitely more over than him. But... In all... I mean, in all honesty, the... I mean, I'm wait... I'm ready to wait and see what happens on NXT. Which, by the way, that's the one thing I forgot to acknowledge the The end of that men's war games match, with Champa on Adam Cole off the top of the cage. Oh, that hurt me. All, yeah, all I can all I can say to Adam Cole. Be afraid, be very afraid, cause you have no idea what Tommaso Champa is capable of. I saw that, and I cringed. Yeah. All I could think after that move was done, please let this match be over. Because any more, and I'm pretty sure those two would have ended up killing each other. Yeah. But you know what I was saying about, like, rust or whatever, or worrying about Tommaso Ciampa's conditioning since coming back from injury? I wasn't seeing it with uh, war games. Yeah. No. Definitely didn't see it with that one. Now, with a uh, Now, I was going to say with the friend that I was talking with how he doesn't agree with me on Adam Cole. How it, here's a, he does he does see something marketable in in Keith Lee, which we agree on. But also which we also disagreed on, or that him and I disagreed on, Matt Riddle.
2: Okay, what are his thoughts on Matt Riddle?
1: He likes Matt Riddle. And you do not. Um, I like his in-ring skills, but I feel like he just, to me, screams. He's basically one of the just screams backyard fighter. Like the Backyard Wrestling or those little MMA things that the late Kimbo Slice used to do.
2: Uh, Well, Matt Riddle does have the MMA, but he did fight in the UFC. So, it's... I understand why they do
1: it right
2: but it's um i don't know it's i like them
1: and but um one that also, where we were kind of on the same page on, we, we see we both see something in Damian Priest. However, we've yet to see him talk, and therein to me is only one of the few things that I think is holding him back. Yeah, he's got a character, he's got a persona, he's got a style, and he could go in the ring. All of those things he's got to take him to the top. But, I need to see him do a promo. Which we've yet to see him do. Very true. I mean, so, I'm still waiting to see what happens with that before I decide. But, you know, um... Before we wrap things up tonight, I know you didn't want to do too long of a show to, tonight. I actually did want to ask you something sport-related, and we did talk about this um, uh, on Facebook before this show. The Dallas Cowboys and Jason Garrett. You say that you think Jason Garrett, he'll finish the season, but he's done. Yeah. See, I would agree. I think... I don't see the purpose or the benefit to firing him now. But do I think that'll solve all of Dallas's problems? No, of course not. I mean he the biggest problem is always going to be Jerry Jones. But what are you what are you going to do? Fire the owner? if that was even an option don't you think the Washington Redskins would have done that already with Dan Snyder but to hear Rex Ryan on first take say that no Jerry Jones isn't the problem Jerry Jones is the Dallas Cowboys that to me is further proof of why Rex Ryan didn't make it as a coach in the NFL is because, congratulations, Rex Ryan, you're a freaking moron. But, I mean, the game with the Cowboys and the Pats the other, last, yesterday, I do a defense, the defense was the only thing that showed up for Dallas. I mean, sure as hell wasn't special teams on that one. Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> it's why he didn't, I mean, it's, and that was the other point is that that I heard on first take was how he didn't, I mean, he hasn't signed Jason Garrett to a new deal and he was waiting on Dak Prescott too. Like, yeah, like he's going to pick the coach over the quarterback. and anybody that would and if he was going to pick um, over Garrett over Dak Prescott then you're basically dooming the Cowboys to failure. Yeah. I mean, I like this statement that said that any any quarterback if he's average to above average, you keep the guy. I mean, am I wrong? But um, the bottom line is that it comes down to they have all the tools and the talent that they need to actually be better, to to go and win the whole freaking thing. But also, like in the same sense, a couple things. One last year they started six and five. They finished eleven and five. Right. Um. <laughs>
2: why not they, they want to play our game this that, the other thing this is a very weak nfc east so um they'll be able to get in at nine and seven
1: yeah and you're right it's because that division itself is weak it's like you have
2: two teams that have a combined 11 wins and you have two teams that have a combined four.
1: But, I mean, I do agree with what you said to me on Facebook that it's Super Bowl or bust. And they're not making it to the Super Bowl. No way. You have...
2: You have a Packers team, a Vikings team, a Saints team, Niners, Seahawks, that are all better.
1: And let's not forget the... Uh, let's also not forget the uh, Rams who... Or the Ravens who just I'm got... Ravens. The Ravens who dis- dismantled the Rams tonight. That was a Wally slapping. That, they, were, they basically smoked them like... They smoked them like a holiday ham. I mean... By the way, Lamar Jackson, 2019 NFL MVP. Like you heard that here first. Oh yeah. I've had this discussion with a bunch of people and I heard them talk on ESPN about it too. That and I talked about it with T five when we recorded Variety Bites, that if if the MVP was determined now, it would be the it would hands down be Lamar Jackson. And right now, I'm reading Ravens' seventh straight win, longest active streak in the NFL. Okay, so here's the Cowboys' final five games. Mm-hmm. Home to Buffalo Right. Um, on Thursday. Could go either way.
2: At Chicago next Sunday.
1: That one, I see them winning only because Chicago's that terrible.
2: Home to the Rams, the 15th, the day of TLC.
1: It could also go either. That one also could go either way.
2: At Philadelphia, the Sunday after.
1: Well, at that point, the Eagles, right now, are not playing for a damn thing. I think they're pretty much done at this point.
2: Eagles are a game behind.
1: Okay, so not... Not uh, out of it, but they're close. Yeah. But um but you know I was I was saying when talking about talking about the Ravens and how good they're doing right now, as much credit as we give to Lamar Jackson and he deserves a lot of it. The defense has just gotten so much better since the addition of Marcus Peters. Yeah. I mean, he, he has made his presence known on that defense. But seven straight games and right now the longest streak in the active streak in the NFL. Lamar Jackson just threw five touchdowns. <laughs> or as, as I even dubbed him, Lamar, total nonstop action, Jackson. <sighs> Except when I say total nonstop action, it's actually meant as a compliment. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the dude is just unstoppable. Yeah. And to think, thirty-one other teams do. (laughs) Yeah, but you know the other. Sorry, I was just gonna say. Um, the discussion about um the MVP. The only other guy who would even come close. What well, at the time, or even right now, is Russell Wilson. But what puts Lamar Jackson ahead of him, he beat him. I mean, look at who he's beaten in the last several weeks. Or in the, in, yeah, let's say the last several weeks. I mean, beat Russell Wilson, he beat Tom Brady, beat Deshaun Watson mercilessly. And, you know what? Add Jared Goff to the list because he beat him too. Right Um, now... Yeah, go ahead. Guess
2: what the... Guess what the looks like the Sunday night game is this coming Sunday. What is it? In one corner, Lamar Jackson. And the 9 and 2 Baltimore Ravens, seven game win streak. Mm-hmm. In the other corner,
1: the 10 and 1 Jimmy Garoppolo led San Francisco 49ers. If this was a wrestling match, I would say, take my money now. Oh, this is a take my money now.
2: Like, I see that. And. This is
1: going to be a shootout. Oh, it will be. And, however, if Baltimore does to the 49ers what they've done to several other teams in the last couple of weeks, like like Houston and like what they just did to Los Angeles tonight, I'll make this bold claim that I don't see anything stopping them from winning the whole thing. Oh. I mean, right now, the AFC, hands down, is them and pa- them and New England. Although, New, e- New England does not look as impressive. But, however, let's see what happens come playoff time. And if the Pats still play in the playoffs like they are right now, then you can say that it doesn't look good. But, um, of course, all, some eyes will be on the Steelers and Cleveland this weekend. Payback time. But, don't be surprised if Mason Rudolph doesn't, doesn't start. Yeah, Because no. against the Bengals, they did better when they took him out and they put in Hodges. So don't be surprised I mean if Tottenham does that
2: let me see something here I'm to see if they oh they're not sh- they don't have like a a playoff track you're like he's looking standing maybe this will help me
1: Last I checked the, the Steelers right now are six are six and five. Or maybe it's actually maybe it's seven or it's either six and five or seven and five. I okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, so
2: right now the top six teams out of the AFC one New England, two Baltimore. 3 Houston 4 KC 5 Buffalo 6 Pittsburgh
1: Right, they have the two they right now if the wild card was the term, if the playoffs were set now, they'd have the second wild card. All right. As for
2: as for the NFC San Francisco one, New Orleans two, Green Bay three, Dallas four, Seattle five, Minnesota six. Mind you, Seattle
1: and Minnesota are doing better than the Cowboys right now. Yep, and I got a brother of mine who's a big, big Vikings fan, so he's of course happy about that. But um, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, right now, like I said, if the if the playoffs were already set in motion on the AFC side, um, Steelers somehow would still be in there, but Cleveland would be out. So this game does uh, does mean a good deal in terms of getting into the playoffs and getting. And staying in contention for that wild card spot, and it's going to be at Heinz Field too, so Steelers have home field. And you know, I talked with T five about this. I I don't care what anyone says. I'm still calling bull on, um, on Miles Garrett's. He he used he said a racial slur to me. Excuse don't even get me seen. my my stance on it is that if he did that it, you it wouldn't have taken you a week to remember yeah and I've said this theoretically there's microphones everywhere on that field you really don't think anybody that anybody would have missed that somebody would have caught that Somebody would have caught it. The soundbite would be everywhere. And plus, Absolutely. plus, if you had those two, those two linemen, if it was during that moment, if they heard it, they'd turn around and they just they would take the helmet and wallop Rudolph themselves. Here's, and last thing before before we wrap, I gotta tell you, one thing I love about Lamar Jackson. He's modest. Like, he's making all these, like, record-setting plays and everything and just shrugs it off. It's like, it's nothing to him. It's just like, we got the win? Yeah? Okay, I'm good. So I I respect the guy for that. Clearly a cat feels the same way too. How did you hear that? I have, I have no idea.
2: He's not he's not even in the room with me. Like I got dopey dog laying here next to me.
1: I, I have, don't even know why he's crying. I have no idea. But um or-
2: Orca, shut up. Do the podcast here.
1: But with that being said, we're gonna wrap things up tonight, JP. Since well, this is the only show we're gonna do while this week, and that after this, taking a little break for the holiday. Anything you wanna, anything you wanna say for your final thought for the night? Well, actually, since we're now here in the East Coast, we're on
2: to the November twenty-sixth. Nine years ago today, I had my first of two emotional breakdowns, which um, led me to be to be admitted to the mental wing of my local hospital for six days. It was truly my darkest time, and usually, like, I had a stretch where every November I wound up in the hospital for something, whether it been mental or actually something wrong with me, I... Was in the hospital one, two, three, four, five straight Novembers. And six out of seven. It was not my idea of fun. And with everything that's gone on with me over the last six weeks like everybody was watching over me a little more most people know my past
1: and in 48 hours me and my brother and sister were moving like it's gonna be a new beginning for us and i'm very excited for it well said all right. So my only my only thought that I got, and I shared is I shared this memory uh, of a post I did on Facebook was at the time it was on a, it was a Thanksgiving post. Is that I'm thankful for the people that are in my life, but also thankful for the ones who are definitely were not that were not meant to be in my life. I'm glad are not around. And about it, it was like, I think it was about a year ago when I had posted that, and you know what? A year later, it still holds true. Yeah, I hear you there. So um, so that's really all I had to say for that. But that being said, we're gonna wrap things up, people. Want to thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll we'll be back the next time after the holiday, and just adds uh, up
2: is when it. Anybody- to
1: donate apple pie to me, um, I will give you my new address. Well said, and um, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, I was also gonna say that um, just a heads up is that around around Christmas time, just like the last time with Christmas and New Year's, we'll be taking a longer break. Yes. And and when that. And before that, JP and I'll have our kind of year-end review show. So, just like the like we did the previous year. Or so, but in the meantime, um, we'll be back the next time. He's JP Mirror. I'm Sean Williams. This has been the Shark Attack, and people, we're out of here.
0: JP, give the farewell.
2: Orca, do you want to say good night? No, he doesn't.
0: Good night, JP.